set. Places, everybody. And action. You're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two Black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And on this week's episode, we're discussing Her Smell from 2018, directed by Alex Ross Perry. So we're back for another year. Yes. It's still 21. Can you, that's a real year. That is a real fucking year. I can't believe it. I can't either. That, like, it seemed, like, so far away, but now it's here, and here we are, discussing movies. Um, Yes. This month's theme, we kind of decided to go with um, movies involving music. Yeah. Yeah, although it's kind of a little, I mean, you could also say... I mean, music is like the, the, I guess, like the the thing that links them, but also it's like two people kind of going into like a, a downward spiral for two very different reasons. Yes. Yeah. Um, one being mental health. Well, both kind of being like mental health um, and also like substance abuse, but other, you know, I think in Sound of Metal, which is going to be our other movie that's like a more like pronounced thing of like kind of a a pronounced conflict that is bolstered by other conflicts but this one is just like a like girl (laughs) you have a lot going on ma'am a whole lot yeah which we are kind of as viewers just tossed into a show um yeah You've seen this one before, right? Yeah, I forgot how long ago I saw it, but I, I have seen this one before. I can't remember. It's one of those movies that would kind of come up on lists and stuff. Like, people will say, oh, this is really good, but then you kind of didn't really hear anything else about it, like the the innermost details and stuff. Um, and I still think it's fairly underrated as far as the amount of attention that it gets because like Elizabeth Moss, like everybody knows she's a good actress. I don't think that's really up for debate um, at any point. And um, she has a lot of really strong acting credits to her name. So maybe it got lost in the shuffle. Um, but this is a pretty good, I think this is a good movie. Um, the portrayals are good. The sort of like really, um, chaotic nature of the film really works with like her her character's like characterization and like all the shit she's going through and putting others through <laughs> putting others through um and it's also kind of like in a it's kind of in a backdrop that I feel that the years of watching um behind the music on VH1 has prepared me for <laughs> yeah prepared us both for because um, I was like oh yeah this feels very Especially like with the, um, in the flashbacks, they're all, the flashbacks are like in those, like home video type, um, like home video style recordings and they feel very, I mean, it starts in the 90s, I want to say, like mid, maybe mid 90s, um, 
And so it feels very like lo-fi, but it just reminded me a lot of that. I was thinking about that. I was like, what would we do as a generation if we did not have behind the music? That is a very good question because we don't have, we don't have that now. No, but we have, what we have is worse. (laughs) We, I feel like we need behind the music. I wish they we, would just like delay the amount of information I know about a person until like when they're like either sober or like dead. <laughs> because I just I know too much. It's I know too much. Like right after that. Yeah. I, I I agree. Like social media has allowed for us to interact with celebrities, notable figures immediately. Um yeah, it's so like fun. That barrier is down. Like, you can DM somebody. They could be, oh, let me not. But you could be in somebody's DMs and they could, de- like, you could be in the DMs. You could be there. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, if we're talking about those DMs, girl. No, I'm not. I'm not because I don't want to. And I'm just No, not. we don't have to talk about but, that now. We don't have to talk about it. We don't have to talk about it ever. But, um, yeah. No, I know too much. You can be like you can communicate with people just right then and there, and they can respond to you, and it's just immediate. And back in the day, like yeah, you can have a conversation with a celebrity through letters, but it might be like or on their months. websites. Oh yeah, on their websites, but it might be like a couple of days or weeks, months before you get a response. But now it's, it's like that. delayed, yeah, and now it's instant gratification, and it's just too much. Yeah. And they, and we all understand that celebrities are people and they all go through different things. And we, we understand that. And we do need to, I think we all need to think about that when we're interacting with celebrities and engaging with their work, just give it a little bit consideration. Um, This is going to sound really like old people, but I wish we would just like slow down everything to just a, like a smidgen, like a fraction of the speed that we're moving in terms of how we interact with and consume content. Because I literally cannot keep up. <laughs> I can't keep up. I don't think, for the people who can keep up, you know, they finish an album, they want a new album. <laughs> I'm like, oh God. <laughs> like, no girl. And so... um or, you know, people can't believe that it's been five years since Rihanna put out an album. Like, that used to be not necessarily commonplace. I feel like it was more of, like, a two years off, one year on type of thing um, for, like, a lot of bands and, and other kinds of musicians. But also, I was like, for some people, it's not unheard of. Yeah, like, not every artist is Prince. Like, Prince would make an album every day like he would make music all the time because that's who he is as an artist but some people just need to marinate and you honestly as a listener do you really listen to a 35 track album you don't you you can't consume that much media at a time but i've never been someone who could listen to like a full album one sitting unless it's like one of those really like short and cohesive, like the ones that kind of meld into each other. Like the one I'm thinking about, like off the top of my head, really is like, <laughs> is Future Sex Love Sounds. Like the way it kind of melt, like meshes into like 
one song meshes into another one into another. It's like it's I feel like it's made to like be listened to in like one sitting. Like that's that's easy for me for the most part. But like some of these other albums, I'm like, oh, or like you listen to an album and it's like all the songs sound the same. <laughs> it's just i can't keep i've never been though like like people complain about like the like even me like when the like like how people consume media very quickly and um kind of in pieces or whatever i've also really honestly never have been someone who could listen to like a full album even when i was a kid i'm like okay skip 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 i want to hear the song i know (laughs) it's so like, I don't want to, like, blame people for that, but just I feel like, you know, when you're beating down the doors of your your faves, media presence or whatever, and being like, can you fucking get an album together? I'm like, Jesus, will you leave them? Can, can you just let them explore what they want to explore first? Yeah. You know? But, I mean, this is a little bit different. Just um, consider your faves are people. Yeah, this is kind of like in the dark side of the behind the music. Like if you're in the behind the music. um, This is the black and white section. This is the, (laughs) this is when he gets, you know, uh, real serious. What's that narrator? I don't know the narrator's name, but you know the guy, like when he got, you know, you know, they're, they were writing high, but soon the tables would turn. (laughs) So, and the picture they pull up is in color and then everything goes black and white. Oh yeah. And then we go to commercial and then we come back. You got to get ready. You got to get ready for the fuckery. Um, Yeah, I mean, I also would like to point out that this movie, because we're talking about behind the music, because, like, the struggles of, like, musicians and stuff, I think this is a good time, because I know you have been wanting to talk about um, mental health and, like, disabilities on film. Yes. And this Um, is a good... I feel like this might be a good one. This this one's a bit tricky, because it's not really... There's a lot of stuff. Um, there, nothing's necessarily specified. This was a lot to take in um, and watch. Like you're watching someone deal with issues with sobriety in different yeah. aspects of a career. Um, and we don't consider like substance abuse or an addiction to be like part of um dealing with like mental health Mm -hmm. but it is like you don't consider that to be a disability Mm -hmm. and it is and the reason why is because it's deemed like it is part of like moral judgments like you're drinking you're consuming things that are bad for you and it's like you're bringing that on yourself and people don't consider that to be like, if you have an addiction, you don't have control over that. Like, you don't have control over that. And you can't, at a certain point, you can't control, like, your behaviors. Yeah, I and that you end up usually, if you recover from it, you're always in recovery. You're, you're never mm-hmm. cured from it. So it's something that you're going to deal with and and manage i guess for like the rest of your life for most people i would say um but most people i guess especially like in heavy drinking cultures heavy partying cultures i guess um and like subcultures like of course like the music industry and stuff like people you know they get really 
deep into things and substance abuse and then and then you know usually it's kind of like oh they're okay because it's just drinking like quote unquote everybody drinks or whatever but um yeah it's it's i i feel like people overlook that i don't really know i mean you kind of explained why but um yeah there's a lot of people who kind of don't really understand how that would be like you like people who are i guess are in recovery i'm like i'm i'm sick like i have to deal with this you know so um but i just wanted to kind of point it out because i know you'd have wanted to talk about it um we were trying to figure out i guess at one point we we're trying to figure out kind of like some movies but not movies that are are gross because <laughs> a lot yeah. of a lot of portrayals are gross <laughs> Yeah, a lot of portrayals of disability in general are not. It it's it's not good. I um, feel like on both sides of the spectrum, they're not good because sometimes, like, you have ones that are like you use it as like a plot point to say they're bad people or whatever, and then you have the other ones where it's kind of like the the weird sort of. It almost feels propaganda-y or like like you're deifying someone with like a physical disability or mental disability where you're kind of making them into like some sort of infallible character. And I'm like, that's not good either. <laughs> like, like this is a person with feelings. Yeah. Good days, bad days. And I don't know why you have to make it some sort of like, you know, people love a good triumph story. Yeah. I'm thinking about that one. I haven't seen it, but that one, I don't know why he was in this movie. That Jake Gyllenhaal movie where he was playing one of the guy, someone who was like a victim of the Boston uh, bombing from a few years ago or many years ago now, I guess. Um, I think he became like, uh, I don't know. Did he lose? I feel like he lost his legs in the attack or something but it's like a real person but i was just the whole like i saw the trailer and i was like this feels very feel good nothing about this is feel good i i guess if you want to do like sort of the perseverance of the american spirit but i was like oh all that feels very it was the wrong hands about it's called stronger i want to say i'm not confusing that with the boxing movie am i hold on jake yes so this came out in 2017 Oh, yeah, so this guy, this is a real person, um, who loses his legs in the attack. Um, and I guess they just kind of show him trying to, like, basically regain the ability to walk. Um, but it's like one of those movies. It's kind of like, I mean, not to, like, diminish this man's experience, but it's just kind of like one of those movies that people kind of put out to like be like look at this man he survived the odds kind of thing so i haven't seen it though so maybe i could be kind of like over generalizing it and i don't want to do that either but um yeah i didn't make a whole lot of money it came out a long time after um i guess he wrote a book about it and then they made a movie out of it but those are kind of the things and then you have horror movies that do like a terrible job (laughs) Yeah, like, I 
that is an area of interest for me. Like for me, like I have a background, like in an area of disability studies. Um, so horror is interesting. Like it's, I want to talk about that in another episode, but, um, cause I have thoughts on like how disability is presented in horror, like a lot of it, um, as a genre itself and how sometimes portrayals of like certain, um, disabilities kind of influence how people think of them in a grander scheme of things. But yeah, I, if we ever talk about like certain movies, I kind of want to explore that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, we haven't talked about like anything about the actual, the actual movies. A little bit about the movie. Um, so this movie basically chronicles, um, I guess kind of like the downward spiral of this band. Um, I guess they're like a kind of a punk band, right? Girl type band um, called Something She and their lead singer, uh, Becky Something, who's played by Elizabeth Moss. Um, she is just not doing well. The whole band isn't doing well. Um I feel like it's exacerbated by all of her all of her issues um of which there are many we never really see her that's the thing I the first time I watched this I didn't really know what to make of it because we never really see her do anything we see her drink sometimes but like we don't see her do do we ever see her do drugs no I think it's just assumed because we see her bandmates do drugs mm-hmm she just know. drinks. She drinks a lot, but I the way she, she the way she behaves, it seems like there's way more going on than just straight up alcohol abuse. Um just from like her sort of erratic behavior, she kind of goes like real up and then real down and real it's all like in the span of minutes, like you can't really follow her. And um and so you're kind of seeing what their lives were like before when they kind of started the band and when they started to get, you know, recognition from, um, like, news publications. Like, they're on the cover of Spin Magazine. Remember Spin Magazine? Um, <laughs> that was a big deal. <laughs> Spin yes. Magazine has been the catalyst for some shit. Remember No Doubt? They had their whole fight over Gwen being on the cover of Spin Magazine without them. They... They were probably right to do that, too, honestly. Yeah, because the photographer and the editor, really the editor of the situation, why the fuck would you do that? But, yeah, that whole don't speak whole thing, that was all because of Spin Magazine. So they really cemented themselves in history um, with that one. And then, yeah, you kind of see, you know, um, basically, like, the downfall of the band and the downfall of this woman, um... It's very hard. It can be kind of hard to watch. I don't really think there's anything funny about this movie. <laughs> it's very... It's it's a good movie because my girl be act, my girl acts. Yeah. Oh my God. She acts. It's, Elizabeth Moss really can do no wrong in front of a camera. 
Miss Mama's be acting. I don't, I don't know what she taps into. I don't know. Like who I thought this movie was based on because the band itself kind of reminds, like this reminded me of Hole. Like I I thought it was based on Hole. Like I thought she was supposed to be like Courtney Love. Oh, mm. I'm about yeah. to be old, but like when I was <laughs> who, all you youngins, <laughs> do you know who when Courtney I, Love is? When I was younger, what y'all like, know about this? Like Courtney would like show up places Ooh. and like do things Remember and like she, the thing with Madonna, the, yeah, um, throwing VMAs. shoes to get was attention. That, was that shoes? I know she threw lipstick, but I didn't know she threw. I thought she threw too. like a shoe or a purse. Also, yeah, she she was throwing shit at Madonna (laughs) to get attention. So like, because Madonna was doing an interview and she was throwing shit up at like Kurt Loder and Madonna to get attention, so she could come up there. Like media training was like a thing, you know. Now when people do shit, it's like, oh my god, why aren't they media like media training? Where is your publicist? I'm sure Courtney's publicist was somewhere. Girl, I can't stop her. I can't stop her. Um, yeah, that was a, I can't remember what year that was, but that's like one of the, you know, when they used to do the countdowns on like the craziest VMA moments, that was like one of them, because <laughs> that was live, I think. And I thought like, this is who I thought like the band itself was based on, but like I was doing a little bit of research and I found out that the writer and director based the band, like the relationships in the band on Guns and Roses. So That's a good one. That's a really good one. There's so many bands, like the fact that, like we mentioned, behind the music even existed can tell you like how fucked <laughs> some things like behind the scenes really were. Cause like Axl Rose was fucking horrible to all of them. Mm-hmm. So were, Becky and, is Axl Rose, <laughs> and they were all drunk. He's yes. some racist to Slash. <laughs> Slash was like, I'm sick of this shit. Um. I mean, you got things like that. You have, you have whole, I think that's where everybody's for like their mind would go initially because Courtney Love has had so many, um, moments in the media. Remember, did you ever watch that thing when she did her 24 hours of Courtney Love? You would never get that again. <laughs> I feel like I watched some of it. I was, I mean, obviously I was too young to like stay up all night and watch fucking Courtney Love or whatever. And I don't think I really know, knew much about her. As a person. Um, but yeah, she stayed in the MTV studios and they kept the camera rolling for 24 fucking hours. And she had people come up from like, like down in Times Square or whatever. And she had people come up and actually like sit with her and shit, like random fans and stuff. And then I remember them talking about Shakira because <laughs> Shakira said she wanted to be the Courtney Love of Latin America or something like, or something like that. And Courtney Love listened to it. She's like, I don't know what the hell she's talking about. Like, I don't know what she's, she's like, this isn't rock music. She was like so upset by it. And I was like, oh, messy. <laughs> but yeah, there's like that kind of behavior. I would say something like if this is a romantic entanglement, maybe we get some Fleetwood Mac in there because that was completely fucked. Um, if this is a writing dispute, maybe the verb. Because <laughs> <laughs> the verb don't fuck with each other. And the dude, the singer from The Verb basically says he wrote everything and doesn't give any of his bandmates credits for a single thing they did. Oh, like, good grief. <laughs> or like Oasis. I, I mean, was about the, to say the messiest band ever. 
Oasis will. Oasis? Can we just say that Mama... I'm about to say Mama Oasis. Mama Gallagher. Mama Oasis, you need to get your boys together. (laughs) Mama Gallagher, I know you wish, like, for the day at Christmas time that you can have both children at the house. But it don't seem like that's going to happen. They used to fight, like... On record, there's like a record I think that came out with them fighting, um, like like verbally cussing each other out. <laughs> and I mean, we were talking about social media. We went off on that tangent. They still be like, "Fuck, fuck, fuck each other." Like, fuck them. Yeah. On Twitter, every every other month. Yeah, Liam is like a classic younger brother, like young, like the baby sibling classic relationship where Noel is kind of just like, let me just do my shit and leave me alone. <laughs> and Liam is like, no. <laughs> we call him out for no reason. I'm like, is Noel even on Twitter like that? <laughs> You'll never be atting him. <laughs> Somebody asked and he'd be like, well, fuck him. Fuck and I'd be like, damn. Yeah, he does. I don't know what. I forgot what the last straw is. I know they broke up like right before they were supposed to go on stage one time. Oh, Like shit. that was the final straw. And I was like, can you imagine if you paid like $100 to go see Oasis and the motherfuckers broke up? <laughs> oh my God, I'd tear the fucking room down. I guess, but I guess at the same time, it's one of them, them bands that are just kind of like par for the course. Yeah, you just never know. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think all of those are pretty, pretty good. Um, pretty good, I guess, comparisons or like um, references for for Becky's character. Um, but yeah, it's a three piece. They're kind of like on their last draw with each other. At least they're on their last draw with Becky. Becky is, um, like we said, she's going through it. So I think the movie starts with them on the cover. Like they're showing off their cover of like Spin Magazine. And they're kind of like really happy. Because I think, so the, each like part of the movie is broken into like like a, I guess like five sections, I want to say, where it starts off with like a flashback of them, like in happier times. And then you see the shit that they're going in. Um, and so it starts really with like them going on stage. I think they're doing like an encore or something. Like, like this is the last show of like a tour they're doing. And like the performance goes well, but I think... There are certain parts of, like, with the camera where, like, the edges would get all fuzzy and, like, kind of weirdly. You could tell it's, like, ooh, it's, t- it's something, something not right. Like, yeah, it's like tension. Her bandmates are looking at each other in mm-hmm. a way. Miss so... Perry Mason is, like, mm-mm. <laughs> she playing them drums, like, mm, mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm, oh god, it? that is her, isn't it? Yes, that is Gail Rankin from Burry Mason. I'm thinking of her from from Glow. Yep, Miss Sheila the She Wolf. Yeah, I'm thinking mm-hmm. of her from Glow. <laughs> That's Charlie Mama. That yeah. is Charlie's mom. Oh, did you finish Perry Mason? Yeah, yeah, I did. I don't know what they're gonna do in that next season, but <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed Matthew Reese. That's why I watched it, but. <laughs> 
He sure got his ass beat that entire fucking season. I didn't realize he was supposed to be a lawyer because I never watched the original Perry Mason. So Me neither. Like, I was like, <laughs> he know wrong now too. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly he passed the bar with flying colors. I was like, damn, bitch, you did that in like a week? <laughs> I, mean, I know it was urgent, like there's a murder involved. But like... <laughs> Like damn. I had to do I had to do my Googles and I was like, ooh, my grandma ain't crazy, you right? I didn't know Perry Mason was a lawyer. I didn't know. <laughs> I think that's why some people didn't watch it because he started off as a detective. And they're like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, I mean, usually some people like not everybody starts straight into law. Like that part of the law. There's many different segments of the law that you can <laughs> be in. And uh, my I, my Google's was my mom. I was like, is he supposed to be a lawyer now? She's like, yes, he's a lawyer on the show. And I was like, I was born in 1989. <laughs> <laughs> everything else i was like oh. i was i was like a you know a matlock in the heat of the night type girl so Ooh. like you know that's what my grandparents used to watch heat of the night y'all mm. yeah yes that's a that's a good theme song too that, yes very very dramatic <laughs> um so while they're on stage like shit gets weird i like what they do with the camera here because i was like oh i never noticed this before it just gets really fuzzy in certain parts and i was like is this it because she they have a good performance like nobody's upset um everything's going well nobody collapses you know there's no mumbling you know some people get on the stage and they don't know their their lyrics mm-hmm, they're, like they're, fergie like who like what like fergie fergie like i'm sorry they've been i've been looking at them fergie clip, clips <laughs> and wait was, fergie didn't know her lyrics <laughs> No, she was singing my humps and she was singing it like me. And I was like, Fergie. Oh, God. You know, you supposed to know the lyrics. I'm not. So I know, I know um, you know, she knew the lyrics to the Star Spangled Banner. She showed it. <laughs> Banner, yeah. I love that. I'm sorry. That, that is, is the perfect video. Everybody who's like capturing the reactions. <laughs> Draymond Green. <laughs> That is, uh, I love it. I'm, Girl, they were like, what the fuck is this? Also, her flipping, back, doing black flips at the Today Show. Fergie's enjoyable. I'm sorry. Like, I'm she can sing b- glamorous, bitch. I'm sorry. Like, glamorous her album, was a moment in high school for me. Absolutely. Um, Big girls don't cry. She yep. had a long run with that Duchess album. She really did. She had a really long run with that shit. I don't know what she's doing now, but she had a really long. Did you know there was a girl, a woman in the Black Eyed Peas originally, and they replaced her mm-hmm. with? That's with the joint. That's the jam. Yeah. I I remember seeing that on um, Negro MTV oh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know MTV even... Jams. Yeah. Oh God, I would love girl MTV Jams was like a godsend for me when they dropped that. I don't even know if they have that anymore. No, that does not exist anymore. Mm, or VH1 Soul. Ooh. I used to say I don't think that exists anymore either. No, VH1 don't play music no more either. <laughs> they they are the Mona Scott Young Productions. 
<laughs> broadcasting company. There's nothing else they do. So they went from producing shit to keeping the lights on, I guess, because, I mean, that shit is still attracting viewers. But no, nobody plays music on. I mean, also, nobody's really making fun videos like that. Um, Some people are. Uh, since we're talking about music, like, boy, MTV. Oh, what? Mm. MTV isn't even music television. It's just MTV. Yeah. You guys, like, I hope all the babies, if there are babies that listen to this, MTV used to stand for music television. They used to play music videos and not just catfish. And, like, it it really mattered. Like... It was a cultural touchstone. You watched MTV. Like, you you absolutely... And you don't have to do that anymore. You got YouTube and shit like that. But, like, that moment... You know those but, moments in history where everybody came together to watch something on TV? That was that for us. Everybody watched MTV 1999 VMAs. <laughs> we all watched it together. The thing about, like, not only could you see the, the videos that were made, you could also see how the videos are made sometimes yeah i got the sense that some people don't know how things are made because (laughs) like you could see music like video directors like how they create things yeah and celebrated the whole like like the whole industry not just like the stars i mean obviously the stars but like you know you would learn about you know, making the video and stuff like that. And like all the work, you know, I know all about green screens just because of that shit, because Dave Myers never ever met a green screen he did not like. (laughs) With his videos with Missy. Iconic, peak, beautiful art. um, Deserve to be in the MoMA, all that. Yes. Exquisite, you know, dancing, learning how to dance to Missy Elliott videos. Spent yeah. many a day. Um, but yeah, it just was kind of like the place. Even if you like people kind of, people always, I guess, had negative feelings about MTV for one reason or another. But it was still like a place that you actually felt like you were getting something out of it. <laughs> and now I have no idea why it's still on TV. I don't, I, re- I really don't know why it's still on. I mean. I don't know who watches it. My mama who be watch Catfish sometimes. Your mama still watches Catfish. <laughs> I don't know. She just discovered catfish. And Mama, I was like, you Mama, watching catfish? Mama and B, she was watching doing? catfish. Mama B, what you doing? <laughs> I was like, okay. She watching catfish. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really odd. Like, not to sound like old fuddy-duddies. Like, the world changes and stuff. But it's just really kind of... You know, people talk about, you know, people not knowing their history and stuff. And I feel like that's a major reason why. Because... It, it used to give you something to look forward to and inspire new art like that's why it was important like Mm -hmm. for me like okay since we're talking about music one of the first music videos i ever remember watching that had impact on me was nirvana smells like teen spirit because that opened up a door for me because i was like i had never seen anything like this mostly because i had gotten banned from watching music videos because i was dancing like bobby brown and my Ah. parents like that's nasty you can't dance like that because bobby brown y'all he used to dance nasty (laughs) So you couldn't dance like Bobby Brown, but <laughs> and if you know how Bobby Brown danced, that's nothing compared now. But no, back in the day, 
scandalous. Scandalous. But like, t- smells like Teen Spirit just was something different, and it yeah, it, it changed music. Um, so for me, it opened my third eye. And I was like, oh my God, what is this? I turned off Sailor Moon and I started watching MTV and Sailor Moon at the same time. Mm -hmm. So like I learned more about music and it piqued my curiosity to expand on what I listened to. Mm -hmm. And I just learned more stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, that's why it's important. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I feel like I like I didn't I didn't start watching MTV until I was like really older, like almost a seventh grader. Which MTV was always like cool shit. I remember watching the VMAs and stuff like that, but I didn't really like watch it constantly. But yeah, that shit fucking flipped my my inside out. I was like, wait, how do you do this? Like, this is how music videos are made. Like, this is so cool and stuff like that. And of course, like people do that stuff now individually, but it just felt like it was more of like a more of like a unifying thing that we all kind of got to watch and of course it has its issues like MTV wasn't perfect by a long shot but yeah it just kind of is a different feel um entirely although I don't know maybe well something she would they have been on MTV um I guess in a Tay Day since this is the mid 90s they may have like they used to have they probably wouldn't have been on, like, in prime time. They've probably been on, like, one of those Ooh, off hours where they have, like, those indie hours where you would see, Oh, um, remember see, like, U, where they had, like, the college radio station kind of stuff? Yeah. I think you had to pay extra for that. And I was like, girl. Oh, no, you had to be on campus to watch that shit. But, um, yeah, or, like, Headbangers Ball. I think Headbangers Ball used to come on, like, at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night. Oh, I guess with Matt was it Matt Penfield? Did he host Headbangers Ball? Or? I don't remember. I never really was into rock music like that when they still used to have it on. So I didn't really get like super into it until like way after I think it already uh, had started. Uh, he did a hundred twenty minutes. That's what he did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um so yeah. So the band is basically like everything is good on stage, but when they get off stage, <laughs> is, it just like goes like everything goes left so fast. I was like, wait, I like I think the first time I watched this and then this time, too, I had to like rewind it just to like go back and be like, what happened? Like, what what happened? <laughs> because it's like a like a switch kind of flipped. Um, and so like the band is kind of like decompressing. Um, uh, Becky's baby is backstage. I think her baby's name is Tama. Mm-hmm. Um, like she's got someone watching her backstage and she doesn't like her bandmates are the first ones to really like, you know, pick up the baby and stuff like that. And, um, Becky also has like a shaman backstage named Na- had- Naima. Y- yeah, that was, I was trying to look up. Like, I couldn't think of off the top of my head, really, like, who has done that. Because there's a lot of evidence of, like, people getting really famous and, like, surrounding themselves with weird religious people that are scammers. And I could not think of it off the top of my head, but I was like, ooh. (laughs) Like, you got to be in a certain position in life and a certain headspace to to hire someone to come backstage to, like, 
chant all this shit. And basically she, I think Becky gets mad because her ex-boyfriend, no, her ex-husband actually, her ex-husband's new girlfriend is there and she finds out. And so somehow she has gotten, yes, Miss Tiffany, as she says, um, somehow she got a picture of her in like a, one of her bracelets and then they were mm-hmm. like going to do some sort of ritual with it. Which mm-hmm. at first they said they were going to look at her aura. Yeah. But I was like, this looks a little threatening. <laughs> I don't think you're going to look at this woman's aura, girl. Yeah. And then Tiffany gets, I mean, justifiably upset because if you had a picture of me on your little altar and shit, like I'm going to be worried. And you'd like from the outside perspective, you don't know what's going on. And you know that, um, Becky hates you. Exactly. So it doesn't look good from the outside coming in. Well, I think Becky, like she said, we're going to look at your aura, but you know, if he doesn't like what he sees, then we'll like curse you. Yeah, curse you or kill you or something like that. And I was like, yo. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I was like, oh, Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's got two of them. It's like Yaima and this other like white man. Yeah. That's doing like a lot of like real, like, like faux spiritual stuff because they don't, I don't, they're not saying anything that makes any real sense but they're also talking about I think like Becky talks about she she's not herself unless she visits her other realities so like this is where this is the mind space that she's in right now which is a complete 180 from when she was on stage yeah yeah so um I think her bandmates are feeling well you can tell they're they're really over it and then like, this whole scene is very, like, it just moves so fast. It's really long. Like, each of these vignettes are really long. But, like, this scene moves so fast and so much shit happens and she's talking so fast. <laughs> I was like, what is she sa-? I had the closed captioning on for everything. But I was like, what is she talking about? Like, what is she saying? Sometimes she's rhyming stuff. Sometimes she's spelling shit out. That one scene where she puts the baby on the seat and then she goes and looks in the mirror and she does that weird sort of, like, um... Was it the Kubrick stare? I was like, someone come get the baby. Yeah, the baby is back there and And she's too old she's too young to not to know what's going on, really. Yeah, the baby's like if it's a year old, like it's probably like eighteen months, if that. Yeah. Well she knows daddy, so young year, year and a half, something like that. So, um and then she's also being chased around by her ex husband, played by Dan. Dan Stevens. I think he looks good in this this movie. Um, I don't know how you're feeling. I know how you kind of haven't made your decision after five. The years. guest is Peak. Peak Dan Stevens. This um He's kind of like not, a grimy, kind of grimy guy. Is not the guest quality. So I don't know. Drew's still out. <laughs> I like him in this. He's like kind of I mean, he's not emo, but I don't know how to describe it. Like, he, he used to go by, like, it wasn't Dirty Dan. What was it? Dan? I think it's Dirtbag Dan. Dirtbag Dan. Yeah, I think he was a, a radio host. They showed, like, one of his um things in the credits, and it was, like, his show recordings from, like, 88 to, like, 93 or something like that. And, um yeah, so he's Becky's ex-husband. He is not with the shits with her. I feel like, I think Becky is the one who divorced him. Seems like maybe. Yeah. Um, 
And so, like, they're just... He basically, he's like, are you going to come see your kid or not? Because she doesn't see the baby ever. And also, I think Allie, her drummer, is... She's the one kind of holding on to the baby. Because Mari, um, who is the... I want to say the bassist. She is like, yo, I'm not a babysitter. I was like, damn. <laughs> I couldn't tell she was talking about Becky or she's talking about Tama, but she was like, oh, leave me out of it. I'm going to go do drugs in the bathroom. And um, and I think uh, Allie's the one who set them up. She set up uh, Dan and Becky, and she's like, I kind of feel bad. And she's also kind of talking about how basically, like, they don't really know what's going to happen because they're – they're kind of, I think their manager's talking about putting a hold on the next record. And because uh-huh. they don't really know what Becky's going to do. They don't really know if she's going to show up or be able to work or whatever. And then she's basically like, you better find a way to put Tama through private school. And I was like, oh, shit's over. So, um, and then like, shit's okay a little bit, but then shit goes left when Zelda comes in. Oh, child. And so Becky is... Why do they is, keep putting Amber Heard in these, these wigs? This is a, this is better than the uh, Mer Lady wig, so <laughs> I'm okay with it. Like, I made a mistake when I went to see a film. Did One you time, see Aquaman? No, I didn't see Aquaman. Okay. I saw another film, but I had made a mistake before I went there. Okay. And oh, God. Okay. The wig's brightness was too bright and it scared me. <laughs> oh, so because of the was, was the experience enhanced in some way? <laughs> it was the the wig was too bright and it scared me. And I which was hair, the, which wig or which movie was it? The movie I went to see was some dumb horror movie. I forgot the name what of it. What have you ever heard? But they showed an Aquaman trailer before it, right? Okay. And I was in the movie theater like, this wig is too bright. And it made me uncomfortable. I can't look at it. And my friends are like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm going to just close my eyes for a little bit. Girl. It was just too much for you. Yeah, it was too bright. Like it was too, it was too wiggy, and I couldn't do it at that particular time in that particular condition. Too so, too <laughs> <laughs> well, this made me laugh because you kind of look like uh, Katy Perry when she's going through her weird Cleopatra phase. Oh, Dark Horse. Yeah, I think that's the song. Um, but she's like a prior collaborator with them. Like I think she went on tour. Like her first tour was an opener for something she back in the day um but now her music has kind of changed she seems like more pop ish a little bit um like with all the glitter and all the sparkles and like she's really kind of glam for in comparison to the rest of them because you know becky likes to wear like smeared glitter and shit like that all over the place and and you know some of them have like shaggy haircuts and stuff like that but um she's real She's pretty, um, she's pretty glam. Not this costume, but, like, the one later on when she comes back. That one is really good with, like, the braids and stuff and, like, the weird chandelier-type earrings and shit. That was ridiculous, but I loved it. Um, 
And yeah, she says, oh, I would like y'all to open for me. And that is a mistake. <laughs> yeah. Because Becky's like, fuck no. <laughs> she is like, you like you opened for us back in the day. So why the hell will we do that? Because usually if you listen, if you have to go back to opening up for people, it's usually a sign of of decline. Yeah. Which I don't think that usually happens. I people usually I think people usually quit before that happens, but um Yeah, you usually don't go to headlining to opening. You usually headline and keep headlining and then the other people open for you. Um and since like her bandmates are interested, but Becky's like, Nope, and where I go, they go. So oh well and I was like, Oh damn, she's got them trapped. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um it's a mess. And then at one point, um, Becky started screaming about how her child will be her downfall. Yes. And because then, one of the shaman told her that in a reading or something. Yeah. In one of their little sessions, I guess. And she's screaming at the baby, but then she doesn't want to be around the baby. But then she's like, she wants to take... Then she takes the baby. Because at one point, they look like they don't even want to give her the baby. Because she's acting so erratically. And she shoves the shit out of Dan Stevens. <laughs> she pushed him on the ground and snatched the baby. And makes it to the next room before she basically falls and throws up on herself. Yeah. And drops the baby. Yeah. And they have to... Like, they get the baby. And... Like, I don't like... <sighs> Make sure she's Help conscious. Her up. Yeah, she's she hits bleeding. Her head. Yeah, it's a, not a good scene. And uh, that's it for that's on the for that scene. That's the yeah, that's the first vignette, and then the next one is when they try to record, and that shit goes horribly because I think it's like a few weeks later or something like that. But um, this has like you can see like she's trying like. She's actually like trying to salvage her career, but she can never quite do it. Yeah. So when we get to this session that we're like seeing in the movie, like that was the first time she'd been in the session with them in like two weeks, I think Mari says. And then um, also longer than that. That was the first time she'd been there for longer than an hour. So... Needless to say, things have not been going well. <laughs> I forget what she did to to Allie. I forgot what she said to her. Oh, she said some weird shit. Like she said a bunch of weird shit in this scene. Like a lot of weird, like borderline <laughs> racist things or racist things. And um, and like none of her bandmates are white, or all of her bandmates are white. So like. Um, I don't think it was, like, to them, but it was just, like, overall, like, what she called, like, she called the project of words I don't want to say. <laughs> and I was like, why would you call it, why would you refer to it as that? She wilding. She was wilding out. Um, I don't know what she said to Allie, but Allie was like, fuck this, I'm leaving. And so she basically quits. Like, full on, like, take something her shit and just leaves. And then, um, 
Mari is in the back again coping with coke and she I actually like this scene um because she was in the bathroom and she's kind of like I guess she's doing her bumps <laughs> and she comes out and but like the the way the frames are layered on each other like she's leaving the bathroom and these like girls are coming in because they have stayed so long that they have overstayed <laughs> their session and there are um there is a new band um that's come to record they're called the acre girls and um the something she manager what is his name i don't even remember his name howard i've been calling him marty mcfly so <laughs> why wait why <laughs> that's the og he got fired from back to the future oh really what did he do <laughs> not be good oh he's just like trash or like he didn't do well oh. when they were fil- filming back to the future so he got replaced by um michael j fox can you imagine if your life was like oh would have been sick like you didn't watch fringe did you no, I've never seen French. Oh, okay. So, like, I don't want to... It's a TV show, right? Yes, yeah, a, a TV show. So, you like, they have, they have, like, uh, alternate reality. So, in the alternate reality, like, they have, like, an in-joke that is, like, Back to the Future starring Eric Stoltz. And, <laughs> like, in that thing, it's a successful franchise starring him because he didn't bomb. Can you imagine just he like, actually like those. filmed part of it, but and just didn't do well. And they're like, "You gotta go." Mm-hmm. That's even worse. So, like, if you Google, it's like picture. Don't you know, like the pictures that disappear? Yeah. I'm pretty sure there are pictures of him with like the siblings. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't edit them out. <laughs> oh God. Well, I mean, hey. I personally would not like to sit there and watch a major franchise, um, a cultural milestone for a lot of um, people raised in the 80s and early 90s um, to flourish like that. But, you know, I'm, you know, sometimes I hate her bitch, so, like, that's the thing. But, like, <laughs> um, yeah, that's rough, bruh. Yeah, yeah, bruh. Yeah. That's not fun. <laughs> but he's, so he's their manager and he's losing his shit basically because they are not, they are not doing what they need to do. I would be pissed off. Like, I I don't have time for this shit. I got my new, my new money here. My new money is here. My old money got to get the fuck out. Sorry. <laughs> not your old money. <laughs> my old money that's not really making it. Gotta go. I gotta. I those bad I think he just feels bad for them. I mean, he's been there since, like, the beginning. I would, too. I mean, you see baby girl going through it. Right. Ba- baby girl just left. Like, they got their problems. And, right. But at, this end of, at the end of the day, as a businessman like myself, I got I to gotta make this money. <laughs> <laughs> this studio ain't free. So exactly. we got we to gotta do something. Exactly. Yeah. They, I mean, studio time is not cheap either. Like you always hear about people going to studio and they can't do things and they, and they, I don't know how much it is. It's like thousands of dollars an hour for some studios. Like yeah. in the traditional sense. I mean, that's probably why people do shit at home. Mm-hmm. That's why I'd be making my beats. Oh, gosh. 
Come on now. Britney Beats. <laughs> oh, don't be surprised if uh, I drop like a Riot Girl album. Okay. You know what? Can we, were we ever going to hear the um, Mariah Carey alt girl album? Oh, please. Please. That was, she was, she was tapped in. She was tapped into the zeitgeist. She knew, she, I don't think if she had dropped it, like people would appreciate that, especially from the alt community or whatever. But like me now as a 31 year old, yes, I would have, I would love that. Give me the content. Give me access to the content, Raya. Oh, I, if she ever releases it, that's the first thing I will listen to. Like, it's so cute. It was, oh, her, the name was Chic, or not Chic, Chick. Yes. Wouldn't that be so cute? And the album was called Someone's Ugly Daughter. Oh, she had her finger on the pulse. Oh, let me change my username. <laughs> Somebody's gonna be like, "Bitch, what is wrong with you, <laughs> <laughs> girl? What is wrong with you?" Somebody would have called her like a poser or some shit. But like, the thing is, is like, we said it on the show before. Even if we did not like glitter, Mariah Carey is an icon. She's talented. She writes all her shit. We love Mariah. We love Mariah. She's untouchable. Um, if you sing and you write, like you, you got it, you got it made. Mm-hmm. And I just would like to hear this alternative album because I also want to know. I this is this was this when she was like in the in the Tommy Mottola years. I think it might have been. That's probably why it wasn't released. Oh, girl, he would have never let that happen. Oh my god, what a trash bag. Um, yeah. So I think what. So we're in the second. Second part. Um, right. So, okay. So once the Acre Girls come in, they're big fans and they like live for her. They live for Becky. Like it's like seeing their idol. It's like, I don't know. Beyonce seeing Tina Turner for the first time. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's something that like, oh my God, we love you. We're so like, we picked this recording studio because you record here. Like we're such big fans and they're so adorable. They look like the Powerpuff Girls. Mm-hmm. I love the, 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 the wigs. They're supposed to be like, I mean, they're supposed to be their hair, but those are wigs. Um, <laughs> it's very, especially Kara. Kara had like that weird, like she's adorable with short hair. She's always got like long hair. Um, that's the one with the eyebrows. Um, and then I feel like Ashley Benson was like one of the other girls. I can't remember the third girl. I don't know who that is. Yeah, I don't know either. But they're all really adorable, and they're just kind of like just starting out. Um, recording. I feel like they're recording like their debut album, and you can tell because like Becky's kind of like, oh, this is so great because I just lost a drummer. So. You- you guys can come and be my backing band. And Mari's like, we don't leave these girls alone. <laughs> we just met them. Leave them alone. <laughs> leave them the hell alone. Um, But, you know, like they, I think they play a song for, for Becky. And Becky, you can see it on her face. It clicks what's happening. 
yeah, you're being replaced. Which, I mean, that's how it always happens. Your fave won't be everybody's fave forever. They will be eventually surpassed. They will have, you know, as y'all like to call them, sons or whatever. You know, there'll be a whole mm-hmm. new generation of people that will listen to them when they were kids. And then they all come up and like, yeah, I used to love them. I used to love that album when I was like two. <laughs> that is it's happening to us. Like, oh, my God. Even Every people day. just came out a couple, like, not too long ago. Lady Gaga has people who live down for her who are making albums now. Who heard mm-hmm. their music inspired them to make music. And Lady Gaga's first album came out in, what, 2008, 2009? For real? People? Lady Gaga. Yeah, like, do you know who Rina, Rina Sawayama is? Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, she, she made lives, bangers. Yeah, she, she loves... Lady Gaga and Brie Runway loves Lady Gaga. Like people were, there's definitely a group of pop girls who were influenced by Lady Gaga and how I mean she was a big dominating voice force. Sorry on the internet. Sorry, not on the internet. On the radio and on the internet. And so okay, I can. I oh damn. Not necessarily <laughs> wearing the outfits and stuff, but just I can see doing, that. Yeah, like musically you know, giving a lot to pop music because at one point people didn't like pop music. It was actually considered a bad thing to enjoy pop music. Now it's a good thing. Now people are thinking pop music is elevated. And I feel like, you know, Lady Gaga having something to do with that, um, you know, that was her whole thing. Like pop music will never be lowbrow and stuff, but also just in general, people are feeling more comfortable with saying that they like pop music, which I find hilarious now. Me of... Of Backstreet Boy and NSYNC and and Britney Spears, <laughs> growing up in that era, <laughs> loving those down. So, damn. Yeah, I'm just thinking about that, and I'm rattled. Anyway, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's weird. Once you think about the passage of time, you're like, oh fuck. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, that's interesting. Yeah, I and mean, like, you have people like Flo Millie. Flo Millie loves Nicki Minaj. Same time period. Oh, God. Most of the girls grew up... That's the thing. Most of the girls grew up listening to Nicki and not Kim. Oh, shit. That's that's how far in time we are. (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, Oh, shit. Shit. (laughs) Shit. It will happen to everyone eventually. I feel like it's going to happen more frequently, too, because of the way that people can consume music and media in general. I mean, it's okay. I mean, shit. I mean, but... shit, time passes. People start making music. Other people start making music. It's the natural mm-hmm. order of things. Um, Just you know, please respect Lil' one... Kim. That's all I ask. Just respect oh, Lil' yeah, Kim. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah, no, obviously. I feel like a lot of people do give Kim her props. They don't, like, disrespect her, like, you know. <laughs> so, some people, but... Miss Nicholas did, but, um, yeah, but it's just that the natural, like, you know, when you're a kid and you're listening to music on the radio, and if you're a kid in 2010, we'll be mm-hmm. listening on the radio. You weren't listening to Lil' Kim on the radio. Unless your parents were. <laughs> yeah, unless your parents were, but your parents, your parents probably, I don't know if they were either. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, you know, but, um, I mean, you know, you can always be like the Rolling Stones and just pre- performing until your casket ready (laughs) they have been performing together for like 60 fucking years 
more, ooh, shit. Isn't that a lo- that's a long time to be around anywhere. I don't think they like each other that much. But, like, <laughs> that's, I think that's the extreme. But, you know, also, too, I think some people forget that not everybody's careers. For all the people who have really long, illustrious 25, 30-year careers, you have, like, hundreds of people who have a blip on the radio. Mm-hmm. Had a cute little hit. Bought themselves mm-hmm. a chain, bought their mama a house, and dipped. Mm-hmm. So, it's the natural way, order of things. People always want to come up after you. And Becky seems threatened by that. Mm-hmm. I mean, she can't get that. She cannot get the next album out. She playing she around. Although she was sitting there playing one song, and I was like, okay, this isn't bad. But then people were like, this is fucking terrible. <laughs> and so I was like, am I crazy? <laughs> I was like, maybe we just need to make her like do like a, like an acoustics album. Oh, that would be nice. There's options. You don't always just have to put out a new album. You can repack. I mean, the thing nowadays is just to repackage the same album with a couple of extra tracks. I don't know why, because they're all going on Spotify, which means you have five different albums with the same... <laughs> 10 songs on them? That doesn't make any fucking sense. I wish people would think. Put that shit on an EP and keep it cute. You know, she could have done, they could have done a greatest hits. You know, you know what? When they do a greatest hits, it's usually shit. They're taking a break, an extended break. Because they went in sync, went on hiatus. They put that out there. They put out that greatest hits like two years later, and I was like, oh, they're done. No, they're done. It's fine. It was not fine. <laughs> I didn't get to say goodbye. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, there's options. I don't know why they didn't. I don't know. I mean, there's not to say that she would have been able to do it anyway. But, like, you know, you don't have to put out a brand new spanking, like, fresh, shiny album. That could have done a live thing. The music industry has their tips and tricks <laughs> to sustain things or things are going terrible. Um, but yeah, I think that one, at one point she just kind of bullies them into starting to play for her. Yeah. And they do it. Yeah. Which they're kind of like freaked out. And also this is after she slapped the shit out of Mari. No, Mari slapped her. They fighting in front of, in front of everybody. Yes. And I forgot. This is after she said she didn't know who Allie was. She's like, I don't know any Allie except if you're a Muslim. And I was like, wait, slow down. Why are we going? What territory are we going into? Calm down. <laughs> it's like, you didn't have to say that, girl. And uh, yeah, she's like, Mari's done. They're both done. They just leave her. And she's there alone. Yeah, with the with the ache girls. And I guess it's kind of like, you know, you don't know what to do when you're meeting your hero. So you're not going to say anything bad. But also you're just kind of like, oh, I'm freaked out. It's <sighs> Becky. Like, all you say is Becky. It's the downer spiral. It's just the, like, you know when you're watching a famous celebrity that you like, or a musician, not usually a celebrity, usually it's like a musician for me at least, that I'm kind of like, oh no, because like, I feel like music kind of touches you in a different way sometimes than movies do. And so sometimes, like, when it's, like, my favorite musicians going through it, I'm like, no, please, please figure it out. Please, please figure it out. Prime example being A.B. Winehouse. Mm. Yeah. Because people did her dirty when she was alive. Absolutely. 
That was gonna be that was one of the people I'm like, oh she's gonna pull through. And I was like, fuck, she did not. I was just oh, I was so depressed. I was just upset. Um so I think in the third one, you there like the flashback is with Becky's mother like, <laughs> backstage and she's talking about how she's proud of them. Um, proud of them she is. I think like Becky's kind of like uh, about it. You know, like, you're embarrassing me from company. Um, but in the present, the tables have turned. The acres are the headliners, and something she are the openers. Mm-hmm. Which is like I guess the the student surpassing the master. Yeah, we learn a lot about like. Becky? I think it's because, like, her, her mom and stuff. So her mom is Virginia Madsen, a.k.a. Helen from Candyman. Is that really her? Yes. She completely different. And we learned that everybody's suing Becky. Becky got a whole bunch of lawsuits against her. Oh, my God. Like a ton. And she's late. To this show. Like everybody has been waiting for her to show up. And she's on Lauren Hill time right now. Oh. <laughs> she is super late. Like she may not ever show up. Like. Don't nobody know where she is. She may. She's, she's not coming. They oh don't know. Oh my God. That string of concerts that Lauren Hill did. Like, uh, why, why did anybody buy a ticket? Yeah. Because of the nostalgia. Because if you grew up and you heard her do, what's that song? Was it called Water? What's that song she did on MTV Unplugged? I don't know. I can't remember. Um, But there's a song that used to, oh God, I used to love that song. Um, Yeah, I mean, if you grew up listening to Lauryn Hill, you might find, um, I think it's called Just Like Water is the song. One of those songs. They used to play on MTV a lot. But, um, yeah, girl. <laughs> if you grew up with a nostalgia and you're, like, you're seeing, like, someone who is basically a, a legend. Um, and maybe if you're on Twitter. <laughs> maybe they didn't hear about that. Um. Yeah, but she's definitely on Lauren Hill time. That's the perfect example for it. And usually it's such a rock star thing to be like, I'm late or whatever, but everybody else is there. She's the only one who's not there. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, where is she? And Allie's like, she's not coming. Like, she's not coming to the show. She's, like, she's the just end. like, I don't even know why I'm here. And then she's like, well, I signed a contract. So if she doesn't come, I'm finna sue. And everybody laughing. Like, <laughs> like it's. Because she's already being sued by a bunch of people. Yeah, like, it's a joke. Like, and then, like. Laughed, keeps she, crying. She made the joke to her mom. And the mom is basically like, yeah, it's just going to be like another one. It's cool. So. Like, everybody's just joking about what's going on with her, but they're not, they're not joking in a mean way, even though it's mean jokes. I don't know how to express it. It's, 
not, they're not being mean about it. They are concerned, but they don't know what to do. If that makes sense. It's just dark humor. Yeah. And like gallows humor, basically. Where you know everything's fucked up, but you just can't do nothing but kind of like, haha, this is fucked, isn't it, right? <laughs> like, that's all you can say when you really get down to like, like your, like the rock bottom. You're just like, oh yeah, I guess, you know, everything's a shit show, haha. I mean, you know, <laughs> pretty par for the course um, when things are bad. And Howard's there, too. He, like, I mean, if she don't come, this is it. This is over. Like, it's done. Like, we're done here. And everyone else is like, we're done. Like, this is it. Even the Um, Anchor girls are pissed. That one girl, I forgot. The one, I cannot remember her name. She has some, I don't know what her hair was doing in the scene, but it was, like, some kind of weird skunk stripe, multiple skunk stripe situation. Um, And Kara had the T-Boss wig on. (laughs) <laughs> she, had a, she had a little blonde t boss on <laughs> I was like let that shit hang on her head a little better please <laughs> but they're pissed like they're mad they're kind of like well one of them was mad the other two were kind of like I don't know what to do but she's like no she needs to show up like what the hell and um I don't know why Becky doesn't show up until like super late like I don't know if they ever gave her a reason she, she kind of gave a really silly reason but basically She's got this film crew in tow who are trying to make a movie or like a documentary about her. So they're following her Osborne style, I guess, um, in the venue. And I think at one point she's like, oh, if when I die, like put like write this on my coffin in gold letters. Sorry for the delay. Basically, she'd be late to her own funeral. And um yeah, the anger girls are like, no, she's fucked. Like, <laughs> we're fucked and she's fucked. Like, this is terrible. Um, and I think at this point, for some reason, her mama decides to bring her something from her dad that she doesn't talk to. And that an apology. was not a good idea. I was like, first of all, why would you do this before the show? She don't like her dad. Like, you thought this was a good idea. I was on Becky's side with that one. I was like, why would you do that? Like, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) I try to handle business. Like, if I was handling my business correctly, I'm trying to handle business. And now that she's not handling business correctly, I was like, you can bring this to her. I was like, another trigger. (laughs) Like, another another thing to set her off. No, ma'am. But she's kind of, Becky's like all over the place again. I don't even know if she's drunk. Is she drunk? I I don't think so. I think she's just her. I think she's like she's a lot of the things in this in these scenes, these first like three vignettes or whatever. I she seems very manic. Is the thing they don't really give a specific reason why, um, but she's just so up and down and all over the place and mumbling and gibbering, like saying gibberish to herself and rhyming and and yelling at people, but then laughing and kind of but it's all sort of like threatening laughing like and it's just a lot to take in and um at one point i don't know what said i think it's either the, the dad thing or whatever but for the fucking shaman is there yaima's there doing his weird fake shit and 
Becky decides to cut her like elbow with like a piece of glass and then like jumps on top of Allie and basically tries to stab her with a piece of glass. And Allie was like, no, fuck this shit. I'm done. And, um, and Becky's talking about she fought her in different, like 11 different lives and stuff. And she's just going on and on. And then she ends up getting put in one of those, like, you know, when they pin your arms above your head or something like that, (laughs) when they do that sort of weird hold, not when they, yeah, when they like loop their arms around you kind of thing. Um, like security guards basically got her hemmed up and then from there it escalates into handcuffs. Um, because also Allie has like hit her in the face and so she's got, she's bleeding everywhere. She's in handcuffs. This is all on camera. She, like, it's a lot. Like she wiggles her way out. I don't even know how she did that, but yeah. And they're about, like, she is, I don't know, eventually she gets handcuffed? She gets handcuffed when she's backstage, but somehow yes. she gets she wiggles her it. way out, and she yeah. runs on stage. Yeah, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, fine, because they've been screaming and hollering and stuff, and everybody's cheering, and she goes up to the to the mic, and, and it's one of those things that you see, like, in a viral video, and somebody just starts babbling bullshit about, like, whatever like they just say incoherent things and that's basically what she does and so you hear this girl in the audience go what the fuck (laughs) i couldn't stop laughing because i was like that was very very loud (laughs) but it's like damn like what the hell's happening and then it's like it gets real quiet because people don't know what the fuck to do and then she's getting chased around by the security guard on stage she knocks over some like instruments and stuff and then she ends up collapsing because um, she, like, trips and falls or something like that. Yeah. And then they end up carrying her outside. And I was like, oh, Lord. Yeah. In handcuffs, too. Yeah. So she's been babbling on stage. Um, this is pre-cell phone. So, at least pre-camera phone. So it's not like today where people are like, and stuff but it's embarrassing enough that it's probably on the news and then the next part she is different um very different the whole thing is different like you could tell she is different she is at is she at home or she's at her home i think that's her house um so she's home um she is calm. Still, she's still yeah, for like the first she, time. She's she looks peaceful and relaxed. She's like she's I don't know. She's more like staring out into space. Like at one point, you like if you didn't realize she was breathing, you'd think she was catatonic. Because she's mm-hmm. not she's not doing anything. She's just sitting there, staring out into nothingness, basically. And this is also the first time in the whole movie that you see the outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, because oh, in the in the flashback in the beginning, it was her with like the, with her newborn. She's smoking a cigarette, and she they're at the like I guess at this house. I don't know. 
and she's like, oh, I want to stay. Like, I think I just want to do this. I just want to, like, stay out here with my baby forever. But then immediately she's like, oh, no, here, take the baby. <laughs> she yeah. Gives, she takes the ba- give the baby to Dan. And she's like, I'm too tired. She's like, I'm too fucking tired. And I was like, oh, no, she was not ready for this at all. <laughs> yeah, so you actually see natural light, which I didn't realize how claustrophobic the, the movie was at first before you saw some windows. And some greenery in the sky. Because everything seems to be taking place backstage. You know, like like the dressing rooms and things. Like way down deep and stuff. So you don't really see like windows. And it's all happening probably at night. Because, you know, shows and stuff like that. And so this is like a nice change of pace. Like her life is markedly different. And Dan is coming by with their daughter. Who's like five or six now. Uh-huh. This is also different. Because she's not... Like, she wants the daughter there. Like, she wants the daughter around her and is actually, like, paying attention to her for a minute until the daughter is like, okay, like, I'm I'm bored. I'm about to bounce. But <laughs> in, a mo- in a moment, like, they share a moment, which is my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, they sing but heaven. It's, it's a really great part of the movie. But... She, for the first part, the first time in the entire movie, her daughter is not her enemy. Because since the baby was born, the shaman told her that her daughter was a threat. The daughter was a threat to her fame. So she treated the baby like a threat the whole time. Yeah. So, like, um, I think Dan had came over to bring more papers about about her being sued more paperwork and stuff um the fact that he comes over at all i think he only does it for the baby but like <laughs> the fact that he still like talks to her at all and doesn't use like an intermediary or like a lawyer or something is kind of amazing um and like they're talking but like and like she's looks better oh she looks better. She's not wearing any of her makeup. She's, like, all clean and, like, dressed and stuff. And, you know, she's in recovery, she says. But at the same time, she's still saying weird things or, like, things that don't entirely make a whole lot of sense. And um, partially, like, the thing about, like, the shaman, what the shaman said, like, she couldn't. She basically was, like, I, I thought she was going to be my downfall, but it was actually, like, loving her would make me weak or something like that. And then um, she also says that she's lost the rights to her publishing. She owns the band name, but in exchange, she lost the rights to her publishing. So she doesn't Mm. own any of her music. Let me tell you something. (laughs) Mm. If you do not have the rights to your publishing, girl, I'm not in the music industry. I'm not an entertainment lawyer. I feel like we have all seen this story play out time and time and time again. If something happens to your publishing, you're fucked. If you start out and you don't have your publishing, you're fucked. Because you can make a good living. Like, songwriters make a good living. Sometimes songwriters eclipse the the artists that they write the songs for. And they become really successful in their own right. But, like, if you don't have that publishing, girl... Because you basically make money every time somebody does something with the song. Because people sample songs. People will 
use part of your song in their song, like like inter- interpolation or I don't, I don't know if that's the right term or whatever. Where they'll kind of like take the melody or something like that or a couple words or whatever. <sighs> Becky don't got none of that. So she's got all these people suing her. Dan is sitting there across from her suing her (laughs) for child support. She's like, I don't have any money. Hmm. She's like in breach of contract, like multiple contracts. It's bad. Um, But also she's developed agoraphobia and she's afraid that if she leaves the house that something horrible will happen to her. So I don't know when the last time she left the house, but she does not leave the house. I think at this point, Mari comes over. She rode over with Dan. And they've kind of reconciled over the phone a little bit. Um, Allie has not. She's actually gotten married and put out music with a husband. So she's doing okay. But, like, Becky didn't even know she was married. So that tells you where they are in their friendship. Um And then I think Becky has been doing like some sort of like, like she's been writing music and stuff and she plays or something. And I was like, that's, I like it. Yeah, I like that song. It, I think she talks about like she doesn't want to quit, but she just wants control, which I think is a good descriptor of her situation. Um, But I thought it was nice, like, but she doesn't like it. She hates it. So, Um, and also the shaman is in jail. Hmm. Because mm-hmm. he, I guess he wasn't, she wasn't his only client. But I think at the end of this scene, like, Tammy wants to go outside and, like, sh- she actually goes outside with her, but she looks a little, like, terrified. <laughs> and I was like, damn, she's too scared to leave this house for real. This is sad. So she's not, she's, like, in a weird sort of, she's, do- she's doing better, but she's not, there's still a lot to overcome. <laughs> she's working on it. And yeah. that's, we you can only take it one day at a time. Yeah, and you have to like, want to do it. Like, they couldn't have told her, like, you need to go get help or whatever. Like, they might have told her. Because I thought that was weird. Like, they never, nobody ever said anything really to her like that. But I guess maybe they might have tried and it didn't work. But then we're at, like, the final vignette, which is, um, I think it's them backstage at the photo shoot. That's a flashback. Um, like one of their first photo shoots, I think. And then you see Becky is backstage at a show. Um, and she looks so good. Mm-hmm. She looks like super put together. Um, it's like a reunion show. I guess it's like for like, you know, when record labels do like their anniversary shows or whatever. Um, so it's not like a whole big, like, it's not an actual concert. It's like a kind of like a, like a little industry kind of. Look at us, we made it. Pat on the back <laughs> type of thing. And the anchor girls are back and they look better because they were looking a little, they were looking a little rough in one of the other scenes. I was like, oh shit, they're on the same path. Um, and Becky is really nervous. But you see kind of everybody there, like Zelda's there. <laughs> and they're all worried about her because there's drugs um, being done in one of the rooms. And they're worried that she's going to be tempted, which is a good concern. But they're like, we're going to watch out for her. Um, And I love, this is the outfit that I love. This is like Amber's outfit with the braids and the, like the weird, like, I don't know what you call these. They're like on a, like a long, like a bunch of gemstones on a string or something. And she's got like stuffed 
Um, she's got like gemstones underneath each eye. Hmm. It's very like euphoria. I think if that's like a good like I guess present day reference for everybody. I thought this was very cute though. Yeah. Um. Wait, I'm trying. No. Like I'm trying to go back to my. Memory. I think I'm thinking about the first outfit with the hat. Well, I think this is the... No, the first outfit, she just had the wig on. But this was the one with the big hat. Okay. Okay. She got like a Pharrell hat. I'm picturing, I'm picturing it right for me. Yeah, with the high-waisted pants and like the fringe mm-hmm. jacket. It's all very ridiculous, but like I loved it. And I think her shirt is like see-through. Like she's got like nipple... Um, What are those things? Nipple pasties or something? She's doing a lot. <laughs> But I love it. I thought it was really cute. Um, and I think they're having like a kind of a weird prayer circle where they all go by their real names for the first time. Because Becky didn't like to go by her real name. That was a discussion. She's basically like, I kind of left behind, uh, I think her name is Rebecca Adamchek. She was like, I left her behind when I was 16. I don't really know what happened to her. Like Becky, Becky something was like her persona that she used on stage. And they never really get, I guess, like, be, with her and her mom, like, they had a real, I don't know. Like, they didn't seem like they had a real rough time. I think it might have been, like, her and her dad. Because at one point, she, like, she taunts her mom. And she's like, I remember when you were alone. You were so alone. And I was like, oh, shit. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I thought it was interesting that they all decided to use their real names. And Zelda's real name is Zelda something something. Zelda E something. Ezekiel. <laughs> I was like, this is so dramatic. This name is so ridiculous. Um, but then they started to think like it was like a suicide thing. Like she was going to kill herself. Like she was saying goodbye or whatever. Because I think the way she like worded it and stuff, and they're still not like sure about her. Like where she's at, like what her headspace is at. Um, and they can't find her. They they feel like she's disappeared, but she hasn't gone anywhere. She was just standing by the door. She was, like, nervous. Like, standing, like, getting ready to go on stage, but she, like, had stopped there. And everybody was like... <laughs> like, Howard was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> He's like, one? We just need one performance. He's like, what the fuck? He's like, get Zelda up here. And they're like, no, we don't need Zelda. <laughs> like, we got it. But she's just really, like, panicked. And I think it's mainly because, like, this is her first time the first time that she's performed sober ever at least from what we've seen i mean this is the first time that they have performed in four years but also i would be i would be willing to bet this the first time she's been sober on stage ever even like mildly sober because a lot of bands i don't i don't know what it is (laughs) i know like i've been like reading a lot Oh, like some of my, a couple of my favorite bands that put out like second albums and they talked about their, their experience between the first album and the second album. And it's like that tour is always some like terrible fucking like long tour where you're packing like a hundred dates into like, you know, three months or whatever. And the only way you can cope is with like drinking like a ton of like liquor before and after each show. And then you're, you know, you can't keep up and it's all terrible. I don't know why that always happens. I mean, it's just the overworkedness. 
it's like a really common, really common thing. Um, like somehow down the line, they just all start like trying to cope with like booze because it's just like a lot to deal with. I mean, like all the like the travel and being stuck in like a either a bus or a van with like five other people <laughs> and stuff like that, depending on how your band is set up. And then like, I don't know. It's very, um, I don't know if people, I feel like more people are talking about it now. Like more bands are talking about it. Um, but it happens to a lot of them, like between that first and second album, I think maybe too, it's just like how your life is so much markedly different when you were like a, you know, just a rando playing music. You have more access to stuff. Now you're famous. People like you. Um, yeah, shit usually goes left (laughs) once fame gets involved. But yeah, they get on stage and they perform. And it's good. It goes good. Yeah, she calls everybody that she has wronged. She calls everybody that she has wronged back up on the stage. (laughs) Yes, Howard's up there. The Acres are up there. Zelda. Um, Zelda's up there with her tambourine. And they all sing the song with her. Yeah. They only did one song, though. And I was like, if you don't get up there, do this. But the movie is like two hours. So I was like, okay, fine. And she did it. Like, she did it. She did. She she did. <laughs> she did do it. She did it. Um, but I also thought it was very interesting. At the end, they asked them. Howard asked if they have another encore, like if they want to do in the song because they want the audience wants an encore. And she, the first thing she does, which is um, completely different from what she did at the beginning, is when she she goes and finds Tama like immediately and like hugs the baby. And um, they ask if she wants to do another song, and she's like, no. She's like, that's over. So I don't know. I guess this is like the end, like the end of the band. Yeah, I think this is. It may not be the end of something she, but it's the end for Becky something. Yeah. Like she is done with her, this part of her career. Yeah. Yeah, she's done. And then they show, I love when they do this, when they do the fake album covers. <sighs> yes. There were some good album covers. There's an article on like Vulture or something where they kind of go into like the backstory of like all the album covers they made because they made a lot of them. Um... And so you kind of get, like, the history of, like, them, like, their band, the Acre Girls, what they did after, um, and kind of, like, how they started, like, with their, like, tapes and stuff, with, complete with price tags and things, and, uh, Dirtbag Danny had his <clears throat> little album <laughs> And they had tower. You know how old this is because they had a Tower Records sticker on one of them. Mm. And even Yaima has his own album cover called "The Journey: The Journey of Purity." <laughs> it's three dollars. <laughs> they said it would be it would be very believable that he tried to make a like a new age album that Becky probably paid for. Yeah, calling her into paying for it. So. I liked those a lot. I thought that was really like super nostalgic and cute and fun. Um, telling the story in, in album covers. Um, 
So yeah, that's her smell. It's it can be a lot, like we said, but that's the movie, and I think it was. I think it. I think it's a really good. I think it's a really good character study. I think it's a really good. Um, what do you want to call it? It's it. I think it analyzes kind of not only like her little kind of like issues and personal problems, but I also like how it kind of analyzes like a little does a little bit of analyzation of like band dynamics mm-hmm. because I feel like in bands, like I've never been in a band, so I can't really say, but like I feel like the band dynamics are so different between each band, but a lot a lot of times it's a lot of people describe their band as being like their gang. Like, they're in this gang with their friends and stuff. And, like, so they're, like, have a really tight bond. So, like, when you consider that and you consider how the way they ended <laughs> they ended the band, like, how devastating and, like, how fucked it totally was for all three of them. Um, but, yeah, I like this a lot. I'm jumping ahead, but I would like to know how you feel about it. I really like this movie, F. I would recommend it. Um, just be mindful. It is a lot to take in when you watch it. Yeah. Um, a lot to take in. A lot of sensory overload. Uh-huh. Um, but I would recommend it. I've, I've seen it a couple times. Like as soon as it was as it, uh, as soon as it was available to view anywhere, I watched it mm-hmm. because I knew she was going to act. So I had to actor. watch it. Yeah, she's an actor. She acts. So I had to watch it. Um, but it, it's it's a great movie. Like, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it. Usually when you get movies about musicians, they're... It's about... I don't know how to describe it. It's about, like... A band on the rise like their timeline yeah you go through the whole thing you go through them forming the, either like forming the band their their rise to fame and then their downfall and then them their triumph and yeah. then that's it they're you don't show. <laughs> yeah you don't get this part yeah. and you don't get this part with women and you no. don't get girl bands like you don't get Female musicians, like, yeah. at all. I'm trying to think of, like, when's the last... Wouldn't it be, like, The Runaways? Which is a movie I have not seen. I watched the, some of it, I think. That's the last movie I've heard of with, like, a female band or about musicians that wasn't... Well, that's a more like a... I guess... Is that a biopic? Is that like... Yep. Okay. So, like, that's, that's Joan Jett. Right. So, like, it's yeah. not like a fiction... Like, this is a fictionalized band... Um, yeah, I don't feel like they're that common. I don't really, I mean, I know why, but like, I don't really understand why. <laughs> like, I feel like bands are very, I don't know, like everything is well-treaded territory. So I don't feel like you could just be like, nobody wants to see a movie about a band. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I always wanted, like when I was in high school, I briefly flirted with the idea of being like a music journalist like that. Like I was that into like 
reading about musicians and and like their processes and stuff like that. So I oh, you wanted to Almost Famous? I I had never seen Almost Famous until I was like twenty (laughs) six. I've never seen that film ever. I don't really, I don't really like it. But I guess it's all right. So um, yeah, I just like thought it was really cool because I was like, oh, it'd be really cool to sit down with like an artist and talk about their work. But then I realized that a lot of artists are douchebags. And also, this is pre-YouTube. Nobody told me you could just like videotape yourself talking to somebody or do like what we're doing right now and like record yourself. (laughs) And I'm not a writer. Writing is not my strong suit. I don't even like writing emails to anybody. So um, I'm not like strong at that. So I like ditched that whole idea because I was like, that's never going to happen. But like for a while, I was like really into like music history and and tracing like how certain subgenres inter- influence other subgenres and and how you know this producer will cross over and do like a pop hit or something like it was very interesting and this is also around the time like the neptunes were like dominating the charts so like there's a lot of music stuff happening <laughs> that i was way more interested in it now it's kind of like i'm i'm good but like <laughs> Um, at the time I was super interested in it and like, I don't know why we don't do more. I mean, what was the last music thing we talked about? Like the fucking, um, David Bowie movie that shouldn't have been made. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> I mean, no, it shouldn't have. I'm not going to speak on that cause it don't <laughs> sound good cause how you gonna make a again? How you gonna make a music movie without music? But that's not my business. Um, it was a choice. <laughs> somebody decided to follow through with that choice because they had no choice. <laughs> and, and lots of people made the choice to not watch it. Mm. From what I've gotten from it, but yeah, I wish there was more about. Um, more about like female bands and singers and stuff like that. I thought that'd be interesting. I mean, there's only sometimes there's only so many angles that you could take it, but I thought like this is probably a really good example of an angle that you could do, and it handles time very well, like the way they do the passage of time. Um, so it doesn't feel like I'm watching. Like, and then they made this chart-topping recording in 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 1996, and then a year later, like it doesn't feel like a timeline. It feels you know. Like you're peeking in mm-hmm. certain, certain sections of their lives and stuff. So, um, but I was gonna ask, or at least this this is the time we would ask, um, what movie do you recommend? That was hard, like, because I was trying to think about that. Like, what what movie could you recommend to go with this? Mm-hmm. Or like, what movie? Not necessarily to go with this, but maybe something about bands or music groups or female bands or something similar. I don't know. I'm going to do something different and it's very different from this film. Okay. And maybe it's going to be different. Like it's different than her smell 2018 and I am, I think I might recommend Sparkle. Wait, which one is Sparkle? Is that the one with uh, Jordan? No, not that version. 
Which sparkle are you talking about? I'm talking about OG OG sparkle from the 70s. Oh, okay. Um, sparkle <laughs> 1976 with, with, with the OG cast. Okay. Um, I never Not the new one with, with Whitney and, um, and Jordan's um, Sparks. But if you want to watch that one, you can. But I'm talking about the, the, the OG one. Okay. And that is something that's more about, like, what I was talking about earlier, about, like, a group coming to form together and, you know, going, like, having some success and breaking apart. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, it's a good movie to watch. It's based on The Supremes. And I like The Supremes. So there's so many. I feel like there's like what's this, this one in um Dream Girls? Yes, I was supposed to say. Why can't I think of it? The Supremes kind of inspired some films, and they there's a mm-hmm. lot of draw. There's a lot to unpack in those. In those though. I mean, God, and again, if you want, you can watch Dream Girls. We got Dream Girls. For some reason, that movie felt very long when I first watched it, and so I was like, yo, I don't know about this one. Every we all got paid. <laughs> <laughs> it's only two hours, but I was like, damn, this is long. I don't know why it's still so long. I don't know if I've sat all the way through. I think I just remember uh, when, you know, when Effie was over there having her. I got paid. Effie. We all got paid. <laughs> I don't like when they having... tell Effie that. That's some bullshit. Fuck you. <laughs> and she was trying to tell Curtis, she's like, I'm having your fucking baby. But, you know. Oh, messy. So, um, so yeah. Um, I mean, that's a good one. I don't think I've ever seen Sparkle. I've never seen the original or the the new one i think i might have seen like a clip for the new one but for like sparkle reminded me so much of dream girls i was like why do i need to watch this again also jordan sparks is i mean she all right i what's that see what's that song she got about the og og 1976 sparkle i know but like once when sparkle came out like the new one i was like isn't this just dream girls why don't I want to watch it? See, that's original. the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> and I didn't know there was an original. So that's 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 the other issue. Nobody told me there was two, two of these. <laughs> so that's the problem. I, I'll <laughs> repent. I'll repent. Um, okay, I'm going to go a completely different route from you entirely. I'm going to go completely different. Actually, I have some trepidation about recommending this movie after the oh, Lord. this weekend. <laughs> Oh, because. oh, Lord. <laughs> am, am I going to... Uh, okay. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. Oh, Lord, okay. Um, I was going to say... And I don't even know if that really works. I was going to say Madeline's Madeline. Oh. Have you seen that movie? It's on my to-watch list because I was very, very interested in it. I hesitate because um, apparently Miss Helena Howard um, is number one, possibly not acting when she's in this. And also she's an (laughs) anti-vaxxer. 
She came out as an anti-vaxxer and kind of ableist, very ableist <laughs> in her in her thing. Um, I didn't watch the clip because I was just like, no, because she's always kind of had like a, a weird weird way of speaking i thought i think everybody thought she was actually acting but i think that's actually how she is all the time where she's just kind of like yeah and you know like really really not vocal fry but just kind of like hello are you in there <laughs> what's going on in here but um yeah madeline's my line is about um she is a girl who joins like a theater troupe in um, in New York, and she kind of learns a lot. But then, like, it's very weird um, because the the theater director basically kind of encouraged her to blur the line between like the theater, like the character, like her actual identity. And I think it, I can't remember at one point if she's bipolar or possibly bipolar. Um, or is that just like the performance? I can't remember. It's been a long time since I actually watched it. Um, I did enjoy the movie, but like it kind of reminds me of this a little bit and like, it's not as chaotic as this movie, but it just like certain parts kind of reminded me of it. Just like in the, the, I guess the performance of like, um, of Helena Howard and Elizabeth Moss. Um, it's not so like completely erratic, but it just kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Um, so if you're interested, I don't really know where that movie is playing on. I thought it was an Amazon original, but I can't actually. Remember. I feel like it might be on Canopy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it actually is on Canopy. I think I saw it, and this movie is on Canopy as well. But um, yeah. So and I I think it's on Showtime right now. If you have Showtime, but it's it's kind of a lot. Um, it can be a lot. I don't really know. After this weekend, I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> with her but like you know if you're interested that's where my mind went at first so if you're interested go ahead but you know don't yell at me <laughs> please don't yell at me <coughs> listen this is why I want to suggest things <laughs> so um but yeah so that's that's the movie and that's our recommendations our next film will be Sound of Metal. Yes. Um, if you are going to watch that, um, just know, uh, be mindful that it does have flashing lights. It does. Um, yeah. I was watching it for the first time in the dark because I was like, I'm going to pretend I'm in a cinema. And- oh, and then the flashing lights hit and you're like, oh, bitch. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> It's not funny, but oh my god! Like, that's, not, that's terrible. But like, at the same time, like, <laughs> I watched the lights on, but I was like, "Ooh, I have a break. I'm going to pretend I'm in the cinema because I haven't been there for a while." And we're talking about disability, and here we are. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. my. Like, right. just got to be mindful of that. Um, oh, goodness. So yeah. just be mindful. And this movie would have been perfect to see in the cinema, too. I'm so upset in the cinema. In the theater. Because <laughs> in the cinema, 
Um, because like I, I don't have surround sound and all this other shit. Like we just have a sound bar and stuff. And I was like, this would have been perfect to hear all of that around you. I've been robbed. I've been robbed and I will, I will never rest <laughs> until I've paid what I owe in $2,000 monthly installments. <laughs> so I, it would have been perfect to see the movie in like in an actual theater with like the sound and stuff. Like you can, like some people are like, oh, who cares about where your movie is supposed to be designed? And, but like, that seemed like a movie that was designed to be heard in a certain type of room with a certain type of setup and the fact that it, I didn't get to experience it, you know, I'm not going to mourn too hard, but I was like, damn, that sucks. But, um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting, very interesting watch. Um, cause it kind of cracked my heart in two. Um, but it also, I learned some things when I was watching it. Or at least I kind of was thinking about some things I had not thought about before. Um, so this should be a very interesting discussion. And this movie is, I think, exclusively on Amazon. I think it's an Amazon original or something like that. Mm-hmm. So if you would like it, um, I'm so sorry. You have to give my money to that man. So <laughs> Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's going to be good. And also, we found out that Riz Ahmed is married. <laughs> Child. I mean, congratulations. But the way he met his wife. That's so cute. So cute. That was a meet cute for real. And I was like. That happens? Exactly. It's like, can, when things open up, can yes. that happen? Can, can, can we meet at Cheddar Bay? Please. Please. Go sit. And you, what? Okay, so you wanted a mar- what a, a, a Mountain Dew and they wanted... So, How okay, that picture it. We at the Red Lobsters. <laughs> Seen Red Lobsters. Oh, no. <laughs> Interior. Red Lobster. <laughs> It, the, the movie's called Meet Me at Cheddar Bay. Okay. Um, <laughs> can you get can you get Mountain Dew at Red Lobster? You can get a Mountain Dew margarita. It's called a Dugar a Dugarita. Oh, please for the love of God. Okay. And I feel like that was engineered just for me. And then they made it now to kind of lure me there. Cause they evil. Maybe we can get it to go. Mm-hmm. I I want to see if I can get it as a to-go cup. Uh, you should. Hmm. I'm going to look into that. Because if I'm not eating a Cheddar Bay in a couple weeks, I'm going to lose my mind. But you're getting a Cheddar Bay. He's getting a, a Cheddar Bay biscuit. I'm getting a Dugarita. And you and they, and you meet up. And we we lock eyes. You lock eyes across the room. And you're like, I just wanted a Dugarita. And you just wanted some Cheddar Bay biscuits. And together... Yes. It's love. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Write the script. I'm sure somebody who like heard that like wrote either wrote a script. It was like, oh. So yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. 
Oh, I want to say one more thing. I know we're like approaching like two hours and stuff like that, but um, One Night in Miami, everybody should watch it. It's also on Amazon. It is Regina King's debut film. It's fantastic. Did you watch it yet? No, I started it and then I went night night. Girl. Uh, so I didn't realize it was based off a play, but it's not based off a play in that sort of boring way where it feels entirely like it's based off a play. Like there's actual locations and stuff. Like there's some sustained scenes where they're like in one room. And you're like, okay, this feels like a play. But then all the dialogue and all their performances and how they interact and sort of like, this performance seems like it's about to steal the show, but then this performance will come in. Um, it's very good. I don't know all the actors. Um, I don't need the names of all the actors in the movie. Um, I do know like Aldous Hodge plays is what is his name? Jim Brown. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know anything about Jim Brown. I think it's Jim. Brown. Uh, yeah. So, um, he plays Jim Brown and, uh, I think his name is Kingsley Benadir plays Malcolm X. Um, um, Ooh, what is his name? I just blanked. Hamilton. What is his name? <laughs> Not who you're thinking of. The other one. Who? <laughs> Leslie Odom. Is it Leslie Odom Jr.? Is it that? Is that his name? It probably is because if it's not who I'm thinking about, then it's that's not light skin, not not rapping, not um, slam poetry or spoken okay. word, not that one. Um, he plays, yeah, this is him. Leslie Odom Jr. plays Sam Cook, which I was like, damn, this is a singing ass. But who the hell? <laughs> I was okay, like, I made it to that part when all, all all the folks started walking out the Copa, and I was like, racist. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and exactly. And I like the fact that, not to spoil it or anything, but I like the fact that they take all these people that we know to be... Oh, and I forgot about the guy who plays Muhammad Ali. I don't remember his name either, but he has beautiful eyelashes. Um, and he has beautiful shoulders. I was like, girl, I need to get out the house. So, like, <laughs> when you can see... You know how you got the shoulder, but then you got the other part on top of the shoulder? Like, near the well, neck. Well, you got top shoulder and shoulder. Yes, like the top meat and then the, the shoulder meat. The top of the shoulder meat. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what you call that. The when you shoulder I don't know what you call thick. that. Yes. Well, you, you got, got tenderloin. <laughs> yes, well, the shoulder got, tenderloin. Actually, what, do you need to open a window? What's going on over there? I, I do need to open a window. It's a girl. You can see it in the little costume. I was like, dang it, this man got some nice shoulders. I was like, he got shoulders on shoulders. Like <laughs> damn beautiful beautiful but he um yeah he plays i don't know what this man's name is um but he plays muhammad ali and it's eli glory i think much how you would expect he was very jokey you know how muhammad ali had like a quip for everything right when he was he was so pretty and Mm -hmm. um you know nobody wanted to fuck with him basically and um yeah it's a very interesting film um and you see a lot of vulnerability and they talk about a lot of things because you see all these, you know, these men's interactions with, um, you know, white people, <laughs> but they're all very successful. I think Malcolm is the only one that's kind of like the one that's like, um, 
he's not necessarily successful with like white people and stuff but like <laughs> and like i don't think really muhammad ali like people were rooting against him and stuff like that unlike you know now everybody's like he's a legend but at the time people were you know being real real big hater bitches and um yeah you see a lot of their a lot of their discussions and my malcolm calls him out at one point he basically calls sam cook a vanilla loving bitch and <laughs> <coughs> and i enjoyed it immensely um I guess I wasn't really expecting all that. I didn't really know all of what was going to happen. I actually had to double check the dates because I was like, is somebody going to die? Um, but, you know, it was not that date. <laughs> and so I had to double check. But I enjoyed I enjoyed it. Um, everybody's fine. Everybody's beautiful. Beautiful performances. Um, Leslie Odom Jr. can sing his ass off. Did not know this because I've never listened to Hamilton and I never will. Um, but, yeah, that's some talent in that boy. Very talented. Mm. extremely talented i was like you better sing <laughs> he's won a tony and a grammy bitch i've been out of the loop because i do not want to watch that so i actually been to watch him i am not you know my mom wants to thanks to you gave us the the juice so <laughs> unfortunately we now have access to the shit. So, <laughs> so now, um, yeah, unfortunately, we might end up, I'm not watching it, but I might hear it playing, which means I'm going to hear about it from my mother eventually. But um, yeah, if you have the ability to watch it, I encourage you to watch it. Um, really great debut from regina king shout out to her and her she just turned 50 that seems so crazy time man time is ugly and i hate it same but you know um it'd be like that it'd be like that that's the close that's the 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 theme for this (laughs) for this year It'd be yeah, like that. it'd be like that. Watching a coup on national television. Oh shit! It'd be like oh, that. God. It'd be like that. <laughs> Girl, a mess. This is the country we live in. Wow. Uh, okay. Shit. If you, anything else, we got anything else? No. In the but in no, just thank everybody for listening. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at BLK Girl Film Club. You can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. We are on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Apple Podcasts, Black Girl Film Club. You can email us if you have any questions at blackgirlfilmclub at gmail.com. And of course, you can visit us at blackgirlfilmclub.com. Oh, and Instagram at blackgirlfilmclub. Girl, we're everywhere. Mm-hmm, we out here. That's crazy. Um. Okay. That's us. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys.